If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a reoccurring or one-time donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate Now button. Donations made to Mayflower's Radio Fund are tax-deductible and go toward keeping this podcast available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City by the Reverend Lori Walkie, Associate Minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe that religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Lori Walkie. Scripture lesson this morning is from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter, verses 25 to 33, under the caption, Do Not Worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet God feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? But strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Here ends this reading inspired by God. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? One might think that the only person who could possibly say something like this is a single guy (laughs) on a permanent beach vacation in sunny Galilee. I mean, seriously, Jesus. Will the next words out of his mouth be something like, I will tell you, and most of you know, being Messiah has cost me a fortune, a tremendous fortune like you've never seen before, but I'm not poor, okay? I have money, lots of money. I am not worried about money. I could just have more money if I weren't the Messiah. Okay. Of course, we know Jesus is not on a permanent beach vacation in sunny Galilee. He was, as his mother might describe, between jobs. (laughs) Jesus knew plenty about need and worry. First century life was not easy. It was a challenge to find the necessities of life, like food and clothing. If the violence of the time didn't get you, crushing poverty would. 
The Romans were everywhere, keeping people in line with threats and taxes, which let them line the pockets of collaborators so that even the people who were supposed to be your friends were one bribe away from turning you over to the authorities. So perhaps Jesus was just preaching the sermon he needed to hear. Preachers do this more often than you think. He had left the family carpentry business and now he's got 12 disciples who walked away from jobs in the fishing industry. They may not have paid much, but something is better than nothing. And then there were the crowds we hear about back in the fourth chapter of Matthew. So his fame spread through all Syria and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demonics, epileptics, and paralytics. Yet, yes, Jesus, had plenty to worry about. And we have plenty to worry about. On Friday, a major scientific report issued by 13 federal agencies issued the starkest warnings to date of the consequences of climate change for the United States, predicting that if significant steps are not taken to rein in global warming, the damage will knock as much as 10% off the size of the American economy by century's end not to mention more deadly wildfires and increasingly debilitating hurricanes and heat waves. We are worried about the record high 14,000 migrant children who are in US government custody, even as the White House continues to push policies that delay the release of children to family members and sponsors. We have reason to be worried about how long our checks and balances of the judiciary can hold the line under constant attack from the executive branch. So we pray without ceasing for Justice Ginsburg, keep Ruth alive. God, hear our prayer. And this is not to mention the nagging worry that depression will rear its ugly head at just the wrong time or about our kiddo who seems to be struggling at school and we can't figure out what's going on because they won't say much, or that there have been rumors of another round of layoffs. And the state of our state is a mess. Affordable health care is a real worry for more and more Oklahomans. Our children's textbooks are still falling apart. And our governor-elect's transition team is led by a man who, until last Wednesday, was an enthusiastic member of Oak Initiative, a Christian nonprofit organization known for its homophobia and Islamophobia, and whose mission is to unite, mobilize, equip, and activate Christians to find and promote Christian solutions to current world issues. That's a lot of military language for an organization supposedly inspired by the Prince of Peace. So we have some things to worry about. So we come to church only to hear the scripture reading that begins with what seems like an impossible command. Do not worry about your life. Well, sort of. It actually begins differently. It begins with, therefore, which is our clue to back things up a bit, Despite the lectionary's cut-and-paste job, therefore, is a giant flashing red light that tells us today's scripture lesson isn't complete. Therefore is a conjunctive adverb used to connect two ideas. 
The grammar nerds in this congregation will want me to remind everyone that conjunctive adverbs are not to be confused with coordinating conjunctions. Coordinating conjunctions can conjoin sentences. Conjunctive adverbs cannot. This is what makes it so easy to separate the two ideas Jesus is trying to connect. And if you are not a grammar nerd and you feel like your ears are bleeding, please remember that grammar nerds are included when we say, love one another, every single other. Anyway, the therefore tells us that we need to back up to verse 24 to give context to Jesus' command, do not worry. The lectionary didn't include it in the original reading. I don't know exactly why, although these decisions usually have something to do with making Jesus' message more palatable. Not connecting the preceding idea with the one presented after the therefore softens the message Jesus is trying to convey, makes it less pointed, particularly for those who aren't too worried about basic necessities. The passage can then be characterized as Jesus just using comforting imagery. It's fluff, poetry we can shrug off as nothing radical, even though prose is one of the most powerful mediums used by humans. If we keep Jesus polite and polished, we don't have to examine our own hearts and our own actions so closely. Unconnected to whatever this first idea is, this passage can even be dismissed as outdated understandings of nature. Jesus might have believed God actually feeds the birds and makes the lilies bloom, but we don't. If we allow Jesus to be painted as unsophisticated and unlearned, then we can simply pretend we are smarter than he was and ignore the passage altogether. But as John Dominic Crossan argues, the point is not that these ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and now we are dumb enough to take them literally. <laughs> Which begs the question, what is it that the church was so afraid of that it divided the reading as such? So here it is, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, so Jesus is saying, if we try to serve two masters, we'll end up loving one and hating the other. The issue isn't money per se. The problem comes when we make money our master the word in Greek is kyrios, often translated Lord. The Lord is one who demands loyalty, allegiance, and worship. If we give allegiance and worship to money, then we fall prey to the worldview that crowns money Lord in the first place, which is the worldview of scarcity. Once we believe money can satisfy our deepest needs, then we soon discover that we never have enough. 
The worldview of scarcity is a self-fulfilling prophecy. When we believe there isn't enough, then we start hoarding, taking more than our share, eyeing our neighbor with cynicism and suspicion, assuming that, like us, they are only worried about taking care of their own, and then it does end up that there is not enough. There then comes chance to build a wall that will keep people out, we are told, want to make, take our jobs, our daughters, and our social security. The idea flourishes that we can help some, but not others, and the final vote usually depends on skin color. We can only help people who look like us, live like us, and believe like us. Scarcity makes us small and bitter. And Jesus, Jesus here, though with that therefore, is offering us an alternative, an alternative articulated by imagining a God whose love is so abundant that even those things which we consider throwaways, birds that neither sow nor reap or grass that is alive today and thrown in the oven tomorrow, even these throwaways are cared for. And this is because love operates in a different economy than money. Giving it away does not make less of it, quite the opposite. We do not have to worry about running out of love. Ask any parent, when the second child comes along, they don't divide the previously existing love for the first child between the two children. Love does not work that way. The more we give away, the more we have. Love cannot be counted, tracked, or stockpiled. So in this world of abundance, which Jesus calls the kingdom of God, not worrying is actually an option. But it wasn't all unicorns and rainbows for Jesus, the non-worrier, you know. Spoiler alert, in the end, Jesus dies but not to pay for our sins, because again, that would make God a money counter in the sky. No, Jesus is put to death because those in power were so invested in the world of scarcity that abundance was downright frightening, even threatening, so they crucified him. If what happened were described today, the powers might say something like, Crucifixion is terrible, a terrible thing, should never happen. And we may never know whether Jesus was guilty of crimes against Rome, who can say? But 30 pieces is a lot of silver, and it would be very foolish to turn it down. Scarcity creates fear, and fear creates devotion to tyrants and to the strong men of the world. But God is not a strong man who operates out of scarcity. God does not track, look for payment, or hoard power with which to destroy. Our story tells us that God does the opposite. God resurrects, which is the ultimate act of abundance creating something out of nothing, drawing light from darkness, giving life to the dead, hope to the hopeless. 
And this is the world Jesus invites us into, a world of abundance and generosity. Even in this place, I know it's a hard sell. Even only a few days post-Thanksgiving, a day on which we are supposed to count our blessings so they should be on the tip of our tongues, it's a hard sell because we are surrounded by countless images of scarcity and fear that push us to be consumed by worry. It's a hard sell because it is easier to follow a Jesus who offers Hobby Lobby grade platitudes. But, but thanks be to God, we've come to church to hear the alternative that grace is in the details, if only we'll pay attention. So perhaps this is the work we pour ourselves into, to view every moment as an invitation to strengthen the bonds of love that tether us together. This is what it means to be followers of Jesus, to be on the lookout for signs of abundance, seen in the, in the birds who show up at the feeder hanging outside our kitchen window, and in the images of protesters arrested for insisting on sanctuary for an undocumented neighbor. The sounds of abundance can be heard in the clicking of knitting needles, piecing together scarves for our neighbors at the Homeless Alliance, and in the thanksgiving prayers of the interfaith community. This, this is the sermon I needed to hear this morning. A reminder that we are people of abundance, too busy working for a more loving world where there are no throwaways. We are far too busy giving and receiving blessings to be consumed by worry. Or as Jesus said, strive first for the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you as well. So will you help me, church? Will you, this week, collect signs and sounds of abundance and share them, not just with me, but with the rest of the world? I would be so grateful, and I, I think this is how we change the narrative from scarcity to abundance, which is a sermon all of us need to hear. With love, there is enough. Happy Thanksgiving, church. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Lori Walkie, Associate Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m with adult education classes at 10 a.m. Mayflower also has a full church school for children of all ages available during the 11 a.m. service. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.